Fan Freaks podcast number 38. You're listening to the show where we freak out about our favorite movies, games, comics, and any medium in between. This is George, the Bone King speaking, and I'm joined by... Agent, the masterful dude of doodleness, the face that runs the place, the host with the most. How you doing, George? Yes. I'm doing great. I want to thank the listener for stopping by. Uh, honestly, this episode is going to be kind of interesting. I, I don't know how much depth there is to go on this, but uh, we're going to go into it because I feel like it needs to be talked about. Can you go ahead and inform the uh, the ever so patient audience member what we are talking about today? Hear ye, hear ye. Court is now in session. We're doing a versus today where I'm going to be attacking uh, Silent Hill 4 being considered a good game. <laughs> and uh, mm, ah, uh, mm. and George is going to be defending uh, it and claiming it it is a good Silent Hill game. See, I, I don't know if attacker is the word. I think you'd want to use like prosecutor if we're going to keep like the same, you know, court aesthetic. I, I just don't want this to be like a, oh, well, his job is to shit on the game and my job is to not shit on the game. The idea is that obviously Silent Hill 4 has uh, good bad points, as um, the creators would say. And uh, honestly, we need to devolve into them and see a little bit more on what is worth it and what is not worth it. So we think that's a good way to go. Um, but before we get into uh, the actual main topic, let's go ahead and get into our recents. Uh, you want to go ahead and start us out? Well, uh, recents, I have been playing Fallout 76 because Wastelanders uh, came out. It is now an actual Fallout game. Does that mean it is good? No, it's just it is now two years later what I wanted <laughs> it to be at launch. Uh, it is now standard and up to par. Good job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thankfully, it was free. Uh, there's NPCs. There's romance options. Hello. Uh, dialogue boxes. A new quest line that you can do aside from the main quest that the game launched with. And uh, as far as I know, people have been enjoying it. Everybody's kind of happy to be coming back to this. And a lot of the game has changed. Granted, the download was like 60 gigs for a... But it's essentially like a new game by that point. It is a new game, actually. Like, the way it feels, the way it plays, the things have been different, things have been added... And uh, I really haven't noticed what's been taken out. Um, what I said, uh, I think I posted it on Twitter, at uh, AdrianMDOD. If this game is a Fallout game, but it is also a Bethesda game with the amount of crashes. Because I got to tell you, man, the amount <laughs> of fucking crashes. Uh, but then that's not exactly even fixed. I mean, then that's it's it's even no, no, a it's, lesser it, quality than a standard Fallout game because it's nowhere near like Fallout Three or or New Vegas. Or any New of Vegas that. crashes all the time on PlayStation Three. I. But what I mean by I, that is like the no, compensation of adding these new elements, like an NPC and the stories and the shops, the whole nine yards, versus like having all of New Vegas to make. I don't know. Yeah, but this is what. I, I'm just saying it's a good it's not I'm sorry let me not say it's good because I don't want to fucking be <laughs> yelled at from everybody eh, 76 is bad and I, I could say this plain five it was minutes. bad just because it's it, it somehow made itself a completely other game now doesn't mean it ever stopped being bad it is now acceptable but by that point it might as well just be Fallout 76 2 and forget the first one even existed <laughs> Yes, it was patched into 
a realm of actual playability for some people. I I enjoyed it, but I recognize its faults. However, I'm still I don't want to use the word good because I feel good is tossed around very loosely. Um, hmm. So hmm. I would like to just say the crashes remind me it's a Bethesda game, but the NPCs <laughs> make me happy it's a Fallout game. You see where I'm getting at? I'm fine. Right. I know the crashes because that's a Bethesda game. That's literally Todd Howard to his fucking nth degree. I can assure you, I haven't played it. Granted, uh, why don't you guys tell me out there? Skyrim on the PC, the special edition, whatever the fuck, the re 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 release to the umpteenth time. If that shit still crashes, because I remember playing on my PS3, the first edition, and that shit would crash. I'm just saying the crashes are what the bugs and the crashes are like what you expect from Bethesda. Sure, but would you not want them to get better and I've to not been wanting them to get better for the past 10 years, but they but now you've just fallen into acceptance. Like I want them to get better, but since they won't, it's a charming thing. It's like, uh, you know, and on top of that, I'm sorry. I think the main reason why I'm so adverse to Fallout 76 in the first place, like, yeah, they could fix it. Yeah, they could bring everything up. But they literally, like, swindled a shit ton of people to buy the first type of the game, saying it would be one thing. And then they had to be shamed into making the game as people would freaking want it. You it, know what I mean? Are and we talking about stigma. Are we talking about 76 or No Man's Sky? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Because you can but make at the least argument with no for Man's both. Sky, but at least with No Man's Sky, it wasn't backed up by, like, a AAA fucking, like, uh, publisher and didn't have, like, a huge thing behind it. It had Sony behind it. So no, man, oh well, yeah. I guess what I mean to say is that, well, I guess you're right. It actually did add Sony behind. It. I thought, but I was thinking as it was an indie game. But you're right. No, Sony did pick it up. Yeah, and Sony was pushing it and making it like at the forefront because it had the hype and and well, but even then it was an issue. Like even then, I would disagree with with me really forgiving it, even if it did become a whole game. But at that point, I would rather they just do No Man's Sky two, and it's a fixed up version of the first. You know, so you would rather people just buy a new edition of the first instead of getting a patched free version of the first that, you know, I guess you bring up a good point with modern day convenience. You could patch the game into something. But but the thing is, is like the disc that you buy is shit unless they literally like I, if anything, it'd be like game of the year edition or some sort of re-release where you can upgrade your version or you could buy this one and stop fucking selling the other one. Hey guys, if you uh, are just tuning back in, this is recent. This isn't the versus. Yeah, I part. know. <laughs> this isn't the versus. Jesus, part. this should have been the versus. This comes later. This comes later. Uh, Jesus. No, no, no. Look, I actually would be down to have versus with. No offense to you, I'm sure mm. everyone's gonna know this, but uh, uh, for you guys out there, George has played Fallout, but he hasn't played seventy six. Vinny, however, uh, who you can follow at Leisurely Vinny, he he has played it and he fucking hated it. However, I played it and kept on playing it and I was rewarded for my patience with an actual (laughs) patch. So I think maybe if we were to do a versus, if you guys like it, let us know. If we were to do a versus, I say we could do a 76 one with Vinny versus I and George, you should be the judge of that one. 
I will definitely be there, but the thing is, like, yeah, I can't be a contestant on that versus because, A, yeah, I didn't play it, and I'm horribly biased. Like, I just look at that, and I'm like, no, I'm not, I don't think I would even enjoy myself for a minute. Sorry. And that kind of disqualifies me from the conversation. But um, what else did you play, by chance? Uh, actually, I was playing... Um, so, as you guys might know, I'm, a, I'm an essential employee. Uh, I've been mm-hmm. working during this whole uh, pandemic, however you want to call it, an outbreak. <laughs> and uh, so it's been getting a little boring at work. I've been getting a lot of hours. So I decided to take my DS one day and I was playing Pokemon Yellow on the uh, on the DS. But I bought the Pokemon Yellow that was on the eShop. Do you want to know something that's really funny about that? digital $10 version of Pokemon Yellow? Uh, does it have frames? No. Uh, it, <laughs> it is fucking terrible audio quality when it comes to anything oh. involving Pikachu because they they made the MIDI file for Pikachu where he goes, Pikachu and all that shit, like, trying to make it sound more like the movie and the show where it's Pikachu, all that cute shit, but Mm -hmm. using the old file, like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like it's using the source material of the game, but buffing up the audio of Pikachu where it's like ear bleeding. Fucking. It was just horribly mixed is what you're telling me. So bad. I actually want to record and <laughs> your reaction to hearing the opening and hearing Pikachu talk, it it hurts the ears, my friend. The screaming hurt- Pikachu. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't bring that back again because I didn't want to hear that again. The next day I brought uh, my PS Vita and I started playing a little bit of Siphon Filter 2, which is a forgotten gem, the Siphon Filter series on the PS1. Mm. It was the rival to Metal Gear Solid. Wait. You're saying siphon, it's siphon, 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 siphon filter, siphon, si- siphon. No, siphon. <laughs> si- when you siphon something is when you like, uh, not absorb, but when you suck the liquid out of something and put it into something else. When you siphon the liquid out of a gas tank, for example. George, uh, you know things about liquid coming into your mouth, I guess. Listen, I know all about, you know, <laughs> encouraging liquid to come out, all right? It's all, it's all my, my study and all in my book, which I you can buy now. I did it all for you, Damien. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. did it Re- all for you. Referencing Omen. Uh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I forgot how fun that old PS1, not really a stealth uh, shooter, shooter, is man i hope they bring that back and i and i got I mean, to a hear a friend of mine played that but i'm sorry go ahead and i got to hear the old school 989 studios remember when studios and video games had like that really bombastic opening that made you feel like getting amped to play the game or yeah they wanted to be memorable so they actually had something besides a fucking png on a black background yeah no absolutely fucking capcom with its you know yeah with all the flashing like glowing cubes or whatever if that didn't give you epilepsy at nine you missed out 
That's Capcom a- had a lot of them actually, because I remember for the Aladdin game, I used to love the Capcom noise there. Uh, I don't think I can replicate it though. The- it's like blah 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 blah. Yeah, the best one I think was the Konami one. That's that's just MGS. Oh. Yeah, no, buddy. That never showed up in a fucking Silent Hill game, dude. <laughs> Aww, it should have. Didn't show up in Castlevania either. <laughs> it should have, though. Hey, what, dude, if that would have happened in Castlevania, I would have had, like, bizarre tonal whiplash. <laughs> like, Solid Snake in fucking Transylvania? What? Okay, sure. Ooh, you'd like to play Castlevania. So uh, you're Dracula, huh? How did you get in my room so fast? Huh. I think you're pretty sneaky, huh? I found my way up here using the drapes. Kept you waiting. I was waiting for a kept you waiting. I guess you kept uh, me waiting. I kept you waiting, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're so fucking uh, funny. Uh, that I was, try sometimes. That was all I played. Did you play anything? Die, monster. You don't belong in this world. <laughs> all right, George. George is, we've lost George. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with this fantasy. Mankind ill needs a savior such as you. I'm getting into Wesker. I need to calm down. Okay. Oh, actually, um, I just found any- out uh, DC oh. Douglas is going to be a Dragon Con. Hey, rock on. I, I, I'll give you my copy of Resident Evil 5 if you could sign it for me. <laughs> I actually was going to ask you if I could uh, borrow that so I could have him sign it. But I also want him Dude, to. Dude, yes. I also want him to call you. Call me? Yeah. Oh my god, if you could get him to record something for Fan Freaks, that'd be amazing. I've had situations like that in the past where they've where the agent would tell me no. Well, alright. Um, so TV, I finished a miniseries. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was called uh, The Plot Against America. I've been watching it for the past six weeks. Uh, I've been mentioning it on the on the show. But now I could give yeah. a a uh, I guess a, do you mind if I review it a little? Just kind of give you an idea of what it is, type of thing. No, I mean go for it. Okay, so this is an alternate universe or an alternate history type of thing. It's a period piece in the forties. So you remember that uh, World War Two that a lot of people talk about. Oh, oh, I may have uh, played it once or twice in those Call of Duty games. Right, right. Uh, I guess it was a real <laughs> Medal of Honor that you did that. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I hate myself for saying it. Um, I'm honestly trying to think of another freaking, like, generic shooter, but they're all, like, escaping my brain right now. <laughs> um, I guess it's a real battlefield. Ah, you bitch! I knew that was the one! I was like, there's another big one that I'm really missing here! Why the fuck can I remember it? Um... Shit. So... The sh- Nazi zombies, am I right, guys? Wow. So, the show... <laughs> the show's a period piece, but it really focuses on this family. It's kind of a point of view of how this family is interacting with the world around it. Now, this family is a Jewish family in New Jersey dealing with with what is going on in America. So currently, uh, the show takes place in the four, uh, 1940, and it ends in 42. Uh, America doesn't enter the war in the show. And you have a presidential election 
of Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who was a president mm-hmm. in real life, who led us into the war. But in this show, he loses the election. Is this a spoiler? Or? No, 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 no. And it it becomes a isolationist issue, and they take somebody who is very popular. Um, the the showrunners are David si- Simon and Edward Burns, two mm-hmm. names that everybody who loves HBO would recognize as the two guys that gave us The Wire, Treme. So Ricardo is pretty much your, your shouting out here. He was obviously one of the reasons why I watched the show. Another reason is because I actually like David Simon's work. I really love the deuce. I haven't shut up about the fucking deuce and I demand more people watch it like George, but shit, if he can't even finish Watchmen. I watch the deuce every day and she is beautiful. My dog, the deuce (laughs) will always be loved. That dog's name is Dottie. Yeah, we call her a lot of things, okay? And Deuce just happens to be one of them. So I watch Deuce all the time. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you so much. All right, but... Welcome to the Fan Freaks Podcast. <laughs> Go ahead. But it's a six-episode miniseries. Really great acting. Like, you have some tour de force performances here. And, I, and I'd like to say this show give, gave me a lot of anxiety. Like, I... I hated watching it, but I couldn't look away. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no. I mean, that's kind of one of the main reasons why I like Silent Hill. So, yes, I think I do. It's it's just like you're you're caught in the grips of this family. You're rooting for them, and you're just hating the situations that they're getting put through, and you're arguing with them on why they're doing certain things, particularly the head of the household, Herman. Um, overall, it's a great show. I think out of one out of 10, I would give it an eight because I kind of wanted to see more of the world instead Mm -hmm. of just the POV experience, but I didn't want to lose it. You know what I mean? And I feel I could have done with maybe another episode or two because I really liked where it was going. I really enjoyed where it was, but I guess I can't fault it for being just six episodes. It's a good, it's a good to great. Short and sweet, my dude. <laughs> yeah, it's a good to great show. It'll probably be overlooked at just like everybody else overlooks uh, HBO shows more often than not. I don't know about that, man. If this podcast is to be fucking followed, we talk about HBO shows all the time and promote them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel I feel people should be watching more, though. And they should be watching quality. I did also start uh, two shows. uh, My Brilliant Friend, which is an HBO show, ironically, but also a Netflix show. Uh, Both of these shows are foreign. Uh, My Brilliant Friend is an Italian show. I haven't finished it. It's very interesting. It's about um, a coming-in-age tale in Italy with these two girls. And Okay. I saw this other foreign show that everyone and their mother has been telling me. In English, it is called um, uh, Money Escaflone. No, Money Heist. But in Spanish, mm. it is La Casa de Papel. And it is from Spain. It's got House some. House of Paper. Okay. Yeah, it's got a really good uh, cast. It's 
very interesting because it, it is about a bank robbery, but it does a lot of flash forwards and flashbacks, giving you where they're going and where they've been, how they got there type of thing. It's it's mm. a little disjointed for my taste right now. I saw the first two episodes. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep trying it. I want to I want to give it a couple more episodes. See if I if I really vibe with it. Okay, I mean that's fair. That's fair. I mean that's all that they could really ask you to do. The first episode's usually the worst, so just keep that in mind. This is. Uh, and movies, I haven't really seen anything. I do want to, there's some things that have been coming out that I kind of want to watch and I really want to watch Sonic. That's, that's my, oh my God. It's so good. You should. Oh, you've seen it. Yeah. Uh, so I have a question because day one, my dude, (laughs) because, uh, what was it? Some, some people on fan freaks, Daniel Kimbrough and such were mentioning how, it's not bad, but it's not like above and beyond great normal movie. It's the it's not the worst video game movie, but it's not the best video game movie. And I had to wonder what the fuck is the best video game movie? And all that oh, came and that to, sounds like a fucking show topic to me. All that came to mind was Mortal Kombat. But yeah, if you guys want us to make it a show topic, let us know at FanFreaks on Twitter. Are you trying to deny the awesome quality that is the Resident Evil film franchise? So, George, what have you been playing? (laughs) Okay, so, uh, all right. First thing I've been playing. uh, Let's just do this one real quick because I'll get out of it really fast. Resident Evil 3. So I went back and started replaying a little bit of Resident Evil 3, mainly because I got some new mods, which I was, I I guess the phrase would be orgasming about. To uh, Adrian over a couple Facebook messages. You I was fucking spammed my messenger while I was at work. But did you? But did you mm-hmm. see them? I saw some of them, but again, the fluorescent lighting didn't really help some of them. But I did catch mm. on when I got out into my car after work. You guys have okay. to understand, George doesn't talk to me unless it's about the show or Resident Evil. What the hell? That's not entirely true. What the hell is that supposed to What picture does that paint? What the hell? So I get worried when he starts messaging me and then I see, oh, it's Resident Evil. And then I'm like, oh, okay. But then he's, he, you started posting these pictures of these mods that kind of make the game even more gorgeous than it already was. I could go into detail on that. So so the idea on what the mods are that I'm talking about, yeah, I got a couple of costume mods to change some stuff around, but really the biggest draw and the thing that I was cre- like crazing out about was um, it's like a filter, a color filter, essentially. And what it does is it removes this like white ghosting filter over the original like uh, remakes of two and three, which you can see it. If you played on the PS4, it's there too. There's like this hazy green kind of filter to everything and I, I guess that's stylistic they did it on purpose but if you take it off and then up the the shadows oh my god the game is amazing yeah. I, I was sending like screenshot after screenshot comparisons like do you see how like shadows are actually shadows and george are you gonna put on julia voss face on uh oh, god. since you're doing no. mods since you're doing mods Sure, let me go ahead and play as naked pregnant Claire while I'm at it. Let's do it. 
That's that's a thing. That's you, out there. You could find all of this content on Bone King TV. <laughs> that's correct. I plan on doing my naked pregnant Claire playthrough right now, as soon as this podcast ends. Would you be knife only? Would you consider putting uh the Jill uh character into Resident Evil 2 remake? Oh, uh already did. How was it? It's great. But um, anyway, I didn't want to get too much into the mods themselves. The idea is, is that I, I basically made the game the lighting system. Like, I revamped the whole thing using mods. And it's fantastic. I highly recommend it. Plus, plus, if you have the trainer for Resident Evil 3, you can play first person without the fucking crazy who's a what's it mod. And that is terrifying, by the way. Res- that Those remakes in first person are amazing. I, I, I'm going to be doing a playthrough of them as soon as I can. But anyway, let's move on from that. Um, next thing I played was Animal Crossing. Now, I, I've been talking about Animal Crossing a lot on the show, mainly throughout all of April, let's be honest. But I got to go more into it because it's it's getting way deeper. Yeah, you can make your own town and design it how you want. And yeah, you can get bugs. And there's, there's a whole bunch of cool things added. Don't get me wrong. But I gotta say, my favorite thing about this new Animal Crossing is the Discord integration. What? Not, yeah, not, not that the game itself says, like, oh, go to Discord for XYZ. No, but if you go onto the Discord of, or like a fan Discord of Animal Crossing, and there is one, you will find the biggest marketplace for every possible thing. It is fantastic. If you need a certain piece of furniture, you can put out a price and someone will will reach reach out to you and sell it to you. If you're looking for a villager, you can find someone who's having a villager move out and then go to their village, talk to the village, and take the villager. Like, there's amazing things going on. So, me, being the entrepreneur that I'm trying to be, decided that I would um, try and use this to my advantage. So, every day, a villager will be making a recipe for something. And what these recipes do is it allows you to craft furniture. And that's a big draw in the Animal Crossing world. I mean, that's like half the fucking game. But if you talk to these villagers, they'll go, Hey, I'm making a, I don't know, a peach clock or a gold bar, a gold suit of armor or some crap. Would you like to learn how? And you say yes, and they give you a card. If anyone else also talks to them on that same day, they get a card. Okay? Now... What I did with that is I went and sealed off the entrance to my town, put up a ticket booth, and charged entry so that people could go in and talk to that villager and learn that recipe. Wow, that was pretty entrepreneurial of you. Dude, the currency in the... in Because, okay... The way that we we make money in that, you don't really pay bells, which is the currency in Animal Crossing. We use Nook Mile tickets. And what those are is that in the game, you use them to get resources. You can go to another distant island and get resources. It's pretty much like a trash island to get resources. Um, but these tickets, they let you do that. So people use that as a currency on the Discord. So you could be like, uh, I would like this villager or this recipe for five tickets. And they go, okay, well, here you go. So people would be trading me tickets. Bro, I made like 35 fucking tickets. It was amazing. And I used those tickets to go ahead and get the villagers I wanted. I got the spooky dog. His name is Lucky and he's a mummy and I fucking love him. <laughs> what, what about his shirt? You were telling me his shirt. In the- his shirt? Uh, no, 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 not his shirt. I, you know what? I'm probably going to give him the shirt that I was talking about with you. Um, there's a shirt in the game. It's a black shirt with orange text that says hollow. 
and it's hello in, in another language, but it looks like the font for Halloween. So I'm going to probably put it on him because you can put clothes on villagers. But that whole Discord element is amazing. I, I never thought I'd see the day where I would be whoring out my villagers and pimping them to get cash to use to actually fund the town. And then I, I started having this, like, discussion with people on the Discord. They're like, isn't it terrible that you're, like, abusing your villagers and forcing them to work for you? And I'm like, motherfucker, I made this town for them. I clean everything. I give them everything that they fucking want. The least they can do is fucking share the knowledge they're giving, all right? Now get back on the street corner, goddammit. You, you, you're getting really next level with this Animal Crossing. It's it's very deep, man. It gets very deep. It's pretty fa fucking fantastic. Um, but those are that's all the game uh, game shit I played. Uh, I guess just, I'll move on to movies. Just creature traversing. That's all you've been playing. Creature traversing. Uh, it's called forest animals in Japan, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> animal? No, animal forest. God damn it. Yeah, that's what it is. Either way. Um, yeah, no. That I, I'm still playing that. I'm just not gonna keep running onto it because I'm still designing shit. But movies I've seen um, is a movie called Night at the Roxbury. Wow, what a classic! Yeah. So I rewatched re Night at the Roxbury. Uh, watching it nowadays is very interesting. It's not. It's not uh, safe now. I'll, I'll say that. It's not that. It's. I mean, yeah, there are definitely a, a couple yikes moments where they're like it because this is the main theme of the movie is like toxic masculinity and I, like i know that sounds like an sjw phrase and i've already lost like 50 percent of the viewers listening but like the idea that showing any emotion or or just being straightforward with anything is somehow not manly like that is one of the biggest themes in this fucking movie and it's just kind of like okay all right i get it and there's an ongoing joke with a friend that's just like really direct with how he feels and the movie treats it like he's a weirdo I just want to point out, not about the movie, but you said I lost 50% of the viewers listening. Oh, God damn it. You know what I meant. <laughs> the listeners I just, listening. I just thought it was funny. You need the proper verbiage? I'm sorry, all right? I was, but I will say, though, I, I, just thought it was, I just thought it was funny. I, I see that. But I, I will say, though, Night at the Roxbury, the, the, the physical comedy is still very much on point. Although, now that I see it, it's interesting how I can tell that this and Wayne's World were both SNL products. Doesn't it feel, when you watch these 90s SNL movies, because uh, there was that Molly Shannon one, I think it was called Superstar, uh, there was... Oh my god, yeah. There was obviously Where's Pat, um, then you have Wayne's World 1 and 2, and then you have Night at the Roxbury. There's a certain... I don't know. There's like a certain vibe in the way it's shot that it looks like they all just filmed it back to back to back. Like it's the same gear, even though they're years in between, but it's like the same gear, the, almost the same writing. It's even almost that well, you said it right there. It's the same writing. It's even the same setups. As I was watching this, I realized I was watching a pop version of Wayne's World. 
it's two weirdos that sort of like have their own charm and how like strange they are trying to make it in like the business world and what they're trying to do. I mean, here they're trying to open a club, but in Wayne's world, they're trying to, you know, get Cassandra's gig and the whole nine yards. Like, and they, they still have to deal with the, the crazy businessman. And then there's the nice businessman that they can't get, you know, into contact with because there's the asshole. Like, it's the same, almost the same premise, except I feel Wayne's world just kind of does the jokes better. I also feel with Wayne's World, it's a little smarter with some of the jokes. Like one of the greatest jokes ever I've seen. And this is me loving Mel Brooks films and stuff like that. But I defy anybody to watch that scene in Wayne's World where they're talking about we're not such corporate sellouts. And oh, it's the best. And they're eating like Pizza Hut pizza. And another guy's like, yeah, we, we don't just like – buy anything from the man and just wear it and it's garth sell our image for profit i mean that's just lame dude and it's just garth and <laughs> full pepsi man out it is like uh, it- garth talking about this is giving me a headache here try one of these what is it little yellow different <laughs> it's th- that's probably some of the best writing that that scene but but those movies uh wayne's world 2 you could also argue is pretty <laughs> it's pretty fucking derivative and it's not good at all um it's, no i mean it, it's how much of it was really though was it mike myers you know and and um oh my god i'm gonna be an asshole for fucking forgetting his name dana carvey Garth. dana carvey thank you the, how much was it there like uh improv was just better than will ferrell and chris Catan's. yeah um, I, you know? will, I will I will say that when it comes to Night of the Roxbury, it made Hathaway's What is Love so fucking famous. Oh, my God. Funny story. Yes, you're right. It is one of the biggest. Well, the thing is, the SNL sketch made Hathaway famous. Right. But in the movie, they even reference that it's overplayed. At the end, Will Ferrell goes, I'm kind of getting sick of it. Like, they know, but they throughout the entire movie, Adrian, they play remixes in the background. If they're in an elevator, it's an elevator version. If they're on the beach, it's a slow beachy version. It is crazy how many times the song shows up. Uh, do you want to know something a little, uh, I'm going to reveal myself to you, George. Oh, no. Cover yourself. <laughs> I own A Night at the Roxbury on DVD. And I bought As that. As do I. What? No way. Yeah. <laughs> How do you think I, I watched it? I thought you like found it on YouTube or something or, or Prime and you just watched it because you were like, ah, I haven't seen Will Ferrell in a while. <clears throat> I looked at my movies, my dude. I have a whole thing of DVDs and that was one of them. Yeah, I actually I bought it and I really liked the movie and I haven't seen it since. Maybe I should rewatch it. When I was younger, I thought the movie was fucking hilarious. Like, I would watch this when I was younger. I'd watch this, Ace Ventura, Bedazzled, and probably another movie that I'm forgetting right now. Shit, you want to talk about movies that haven't aged well as Bedazzled? Oh, God. Yeah, no. There's a lot of lot of different pools that were offending in that movie. <laughs> Although, but, it, it uh, does yeah. also have, like, the funniest fucking scene. Again, like, it's one of those up there. ¿Qué tú estás diciendo? Yo no estoy hablando español. Estoy hablando español. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, it's he's why is he so tan? 
why are they making him so brown? But still, that I I thought that was very funny. The, listen, the minute the minute the movie said, "I can fulfill any of your wishes," being the devil. All right, give me a burger. And she literally took him on a bus and <laughs> and rode all the way to a fucking McDonald's, bought him a burger, and with then his said, money. There you go. I got with his money. Wish granted. <laughs> Yeah, but what was That's how I knew this movie was great. <laughs> with his money and it was a McDonald's burger. <laughs> I just like this idea that as soon as he gets it, she's like, wish granted, good job. <laughs> All right, I'm done. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that night at the Roxbury though. Um it it's got some funny scenes, although really it's like a less funny Wayne's World. So just watch Wayne's World instead, let's be honest. Yeah, if you haven't seen Wayne's World, it's fucking great. It gave us arguably the greatest scene of all time with uh, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Even better than uh, the one that won an Oscar with Queen. Hey, Adrian, did you just grab my ass? No. Did you just grab my ass? You tell me if you grab my ass, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd tell you. <laughs> okay. People who are very confused. It's a night at the Roxbury line. That's I, I didn't even know if Adrian got it, to be honest. I was like, oh, wait, took, does he actually think it, I'm asking? It took me a fucking minute. I'll tell you, because that's, that's a reference. That is Sir, a, from where I am standing, is it is physically impossible <laughs> for me to be grabbing your ass. <laughs> but um, let me move on. So that way I, I have one more thing on my recents to talk about, and then we can move on to news. Um, so I, I, I've been watching Star Trek The Next Generation, more of it. Um, holy shit. Like, wow. It not only does it pick up, but it is, it is picked up so hard that I think it may be some of my favorite writing in all of television. Like, yeah. Um, I need to I mean, ask to go though, into, where are you by? Where? Oh, uh, season four, season four, episode 22. Not bad. The last time we talked, you were by season two, like I want to say uh, episode 15 or something. Right. And it was good then. And it was really good. But now it just feels like it's really hit its stride. And they're dealing with a lot of really dire situations that I would honestly, I don't know how the fuck I'd get out of. How you would even realize that you had gotten into it in the first place is, in some of these is ridiculous. And, and on top of that, someone said something, and I think it was on Red Letter Media, and it was something along the lines of, all sci-fi movies now are literally just a person looking for revenge or a doomsday weapon, sometimes both at the same time. Right? Right. So I'm watching these episodes, and God damn it, in these, they're really creative. A lot of these things don't have a centralized villain that you can say, oh, well, they're just being evil. So I, I want to say two points. One, um, I haven't seen all of Star Trek. I haven't seen all the shows. I haven't. I started DS9 and I haven't finished it. But one mm. thing I have read repeatedly, and I want you to answer me this when I ask it, um, is most people tend to say with Trek, the first two seasons, the show finds itself or tries to find where it, where to go. And the later seasons are where it really does hit its stride, where you, mm. where it knows what it's about. And you've seen Voyager. You've seen most of DS9, if not all. And you've. No, I saw all. Yeah. 
and you've been, you've watched TNG, and I'm sure this is. I think this is your second watch of it. No, no, this is my first actually. Oh, okay, but you've seen Voyager, you've seen DS Nine, and now no, you're yeah, watching. After the- going through all of it, I agree with you. Yeah, it seems to be that's the pattern. <clears throat> like the first two seasons of DS Nine were like a slog unfortunately i i honestly thought they made a mistake in casting cisco with this actor because he didn't have any charisma until they gave him something to do way later on and it's like what would you do in that scenario however i like voyager because of how like campy it is for for its time and they do a lot of this they do a lot of decisions that normally you wouldn't like i'm watching tng and Picard is the epitome of a leader. He handles things nonviolently. He always, always goes for the dialogue, the, the the diplomatic approach, first and foremost. Even when the person is screaming at him, it's it's amazing the level of calm, like, uh, 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 demeanor he has. But then this dude gets fucking giddy over Shakespeare. This guy is so fucking lovable. Like, he's the best leader and he always makes the right decisions. However, in Voyager, you have a space pirate (laughs) as the captain, and she is like, she's not actually a space pirate, but she makes a lot of decisions that you're like, I don't know about that, Janeway, but I love you. (laughs) Yeah, you should really finish it with, I don't know about that, Janeway, and she'll be like, who the fuck asked you? I don't believe I asked you for your name or rank, Ensign. Uh, I'm sorry, I just thought I would ask questions on why you're giving the Borg the weapon to kill the only thing that can kill the Borg. I don't believe I asked for your opinion, now did I? Okay. <laughs> um, now the second question, well, it's not really a question, but it's a statement on what you were saying regarding Red Letter Media and how sci-fi mm. is. I just realized the three reboot Star Trek movies are all (laughs) about somebody having revenge. Yeah. And And I mean, Wrath of Khan did it, obviously, but the show just is so much better. Like, I don't know. Okay, but Wrath of Khan was the sequel to the motion picture. It wasn't the first movie out of the bat. Each three of the movies that J.J. Abrams did, the Star Trek from 2009 and then the Into Darkness with the benedict cumberbatch con and then star trek beyond which was actually really good but all three of the most recent trek movies at least in this millennium are fucking about revenge stories yeah no a hundred percent and i'm really angry about that because fuck first contact of of star trek star trek first contact is fucking great and it doesn't have a villain, really. I mean, yeah, the Borg. But even then, the whole movie is about the first time the Vulcans meet the humans, you know? And mm-hmm. ta- and whoopy loopy time travel, because you get that a lot. But, I mean, there's a... Oh, speaking of whoopy, I'm sorry. Whoopi Goldberg is great, by the way, in Next Generation. Oh. Even though all of her scenes are filmed totally on a totally different set, like completely separate from all the different actors, because she just shows up in the bar. <laughs> Yeah, she's a really wacky bartender. However, did you get to the point where where Data has his first like drink and he finally activates his taste receptors? Oh, this is horrible. Would you like another? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> 
I gotta tell you, man. No, man. Fucking Data has some of the best fucking jokes in that in that show. Every character, and I I've talked shit about a lot of crew members on the previous like um shows that I've seen, but every crew member on the Enterprise is is like. It has something, has something unique, does something for the plot, never feels uh, uh, extra. Even the fucking guy that is the engineer in, in, um, in Deep Space Nine. Oh, uh, fuck. O'Haran? O'Hara? O'Brien. Oh, oh, God. O'Brien. There you go. O'Brien. Um, he is better in Next Generation than he is in Deep Space Nine. And Deep Space Nine is after... It just really depends who's writing, man. I guess. It's just crazy to see how him and his wife, Kiko, actually have more shit than the actual show that supposedly opens it up. Before I move on from Star Trek, this show has literally made me pause multiple times and made me go, holy shit, you know, I can't remember the last time a TV show made me think about a concept or at least tried to offer an explanation on how to handle certain awkward scenarios. Like, because a lot of the same shit now is the same kind of procedural, like, you know, villain of the week and we got to be edgy, whatever. There was an episode about accepting disability and, and, and like, not accepting, but like getting a disability and then integrating that with with your society and your support network and the concepts and the, the complications that ensue and and no one was ever really wrong and yes they did wave it away at the end by giving her the the, the the analog was diana troy and her ability to sense people's emotions they took it away and that entire episode was an obvious metaphor for like dealing with disability and how it affects the psyche and how they don't feel like they're their complete self and no matter how nice people are it's hard for them to perceive it generally and it was so fucking good adrian you hear my voice i'm like so excited about it <laughs> i feel we have another show to do which is a special on tng that's what i feel yes i totally would i i love it i love it to, and t- i gotta finish it so when i finish it anyway that's all my recents uh do you want to hop into news i mean we've taken fifth almost 45 minutes of recents i feel really bad for the audience uh news really quick um street fighter 5 has released uh well capcom itself and so has evo and so has ceo taku uh all fighting game tournaments basically majors have banned a low tier god for his uh anti yeah, yeah, yeah. uh very transphobic uh, rants very anti-trans uh, comments towards a trans player named Setoblast, and she also got banned because apparently uh, she, in her history of Twitter, has used the N word. So, but hold on, you should clarify though. Not only are they banned, they're banned indefinitely. Yes, uh, actually, Evo permanently banned them. CEO Taku permanently banned him. Capcom itself, as you just said, uh, banned him indefinitely, which is really interesting uh, as a fighting game guy, a fighting game fan. Uh, usually we've all heard of Low Tier God. He's a very uh, vocal, angry, bitter guy. 
obnoxious yeah i was gonna say usually people who are very angry and vocal about the like shit talking i i, I don't have fun watching them yeah to be that, honest. that that uh that's the best word to use thank you for telling me that uh reminding me of that word existing obnoxious the man hmm. true to form is obnoxious and everyone he is like the primary villain of the fgc most people have like their picks. There's Leffen and such for melee, but mm. LTG in the fighting game community is one of the most hateful motherfuckers to ever exist. And a lot of people. Then is it him. any surprise then that this happened? No, and he, he's gonna chalk it up because he's done it before in the past where he insulted also a paraplegic player named Broly Legs, where he what? he chastised yeah. Broly Legs is actually a really good, oh really good what? gamer who uses his cheeks to play fighting games because he can't use his hands. And Xbox, I believe, made a, a custom controller specifically for him. And he, but the thing is with LTG, he talks shit about people. Then he gets his ass whooped, and he's still talking shit. Hopefully, yeah. Now, I was about to say that sounds like an insecurity thing, and that's where it comes from. Then, absolutely. Ho- ho- but, uh, th- hopefully, now I just want to end it with this point. Hopefully, now LTG learn some fucking humility, and you go back to the fucking uh, drawing board, and you get better. You get some fucking development, son. Because Jesus Christ, you gotta get. I, you gotta fucking figure it out. Yeah, but I. I I agree that something needed to be done and that kind of behavior is completely unacceptable and I'm glad that they they pointed it out and said something. However, and this is a big, like, you know, maybe giant quotations, however, I don't know how I feel about indefinitely suspending someone because unless they keep doing it and this is like their third strike and yeah, I guess he's done this before, but this is the first time he's been like banned on an indefinite scale or not an indefinite scale on like a capcom everyone scale so i don't know if you'll learn his lesson or not and with these kind of people you don't know if they do or not i'm just saying i i worry how quick and how and how uh intense some of the punishments are and that is also even a versus we could do god damn it um but no all right I, that that aside i'm glad capcom was doing something about it um i got a news thing oh, if, you know, I, if you have something else i have one last thing J.J. Uh, okay, Abrams and HBO or Warner Brothers, whoever, whatever you want to use the terminology for, uh, the proper nomenclature, J.J. Abrams signed a almost $500 million deal <clears throat> to produce three projects for HBO's new streaming service, HBO Max. Of course. Uh, one of them, and this will this will interest you, George. It's called Overlook, and it is going to take place in the Shining Hotel. Mm, when I saw that that documentary, Hotel Whatever, Room Six Two, whatever the fuck, and yeah, I don't care about anything The Shining anymore. <laughs> All right, perfectly valid. Uh, an original period piece that I don't really uh know or I haven't seen anything yet. See, so I can't say anything. But a live action Justice League Dark. So you have horror. And Justice League Dark is kind of horror magic type of thing, so that's going to be good too, hopefully. Didn't they try doing a horror thing already, or was that Marvel? Uh, 
What do you it mean? It was like a TV show and it got canceled. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, that, they did it twice. Uh, Constantine, which was on NBC, got canceled because NBC didn't put it in the best time slot, which was they put it on Friday nights. And really, the target audience for Constantine isn't going to stay in to watch it, you know, on <clears throat> Sunday nights. I guess that's fair. And not only that, really it, it was doing bad numbers. Um, this is super interesting because I love that show. It was doing bad numbers for NBC on Friday nights. But if you put that same show on Friday nights on USA Network or TNT or even, say, uh, CW, God forbid, it would have done amazing numbers and it would have been auto-renewed because it was doing four or five million every week. Hmm. The lowest was like three million. But it's you think about that. That's so many people watching. But NBC, they want 15 million people watching every episode. And Constantine is very niche. Um, and they. It, it was, was it around the time of like streaming and shit like that or no? No, this was actually right before uh, Disney bought uh, Fox and before we had um, DC Universe Online and stuff like that. Hmm. Uh, it's okay, a good, so then the, the medium might have also kind of screwed it over too. It also did really good numbers on Hulu and DVR. Like people would watch it recorded the next day or the week after. Okay. Um, all right, all right. Another show that was canceled that was kind of horror. And it is two – these two characters belong in Justice League Dark. The other one is Swamp Thing, which I thought was okay show. It wasn't great. I think it could have done better had it – had more time to develop the characters instead of being cut down on this on the season's length but it turns out it was because people fucked up on the paperwork particularly north carolina with the taxes again this is here this is really I th- this is hearsay okay. this is hearsay but apparently it cost too much to shoot the show in north carolina which was where it was shot and it was arguably the the cheapest place to shoot it in so they just mm-hmm. they just canceled it. Hopefully we get these characters coming back in Justice League Dark, as I'm a huge fan of the team. I love magic yeah. in DC. Yeah, I'd, I'd like for them to try other things besides gritty realism and edginess. I'd like for them to, I don't know, have fun with it like they did Shazam. But anyway, that's just me. Um, okay, alrighty. Well, um, is that all the news you got? Or? Yep, that's all the news I got. Okay, alrighty. So, um, I have one bit of news. It's not going to be very long. Animal Crossing got an update. It's uh, Earth Month, Earth Day, but it's lasting the whole month, I think, of May. And the whole, I think, the whole thing is they added bushes. So, if you want some nice bush, you can go to Animal Crossing now, I guess. Um, <laughs> that That's kind of really a big update. Oh, they also added Crazy Red, if you remember him from the originals. So, that's cool. Um, that's all the news. So, I think that's gonna be it for a second and we'll be right back after a quick break hello everyone this is bone king and you're listening to the fan freaks podcast hosted proudly on the fan freaks facebook group that's f-a-n-f-r-e-e-k-s fan freaks and welcome back to the fan freaks podcast i gotta ask you what is love baby don't hurt me don't hurt that's right i want to tell you about my idea for a club gotta put all the things inside outside and put all the outside things inside. So when you're waiting in line, that's the club. That's the club. Uh, Doug and Steve Butabi, are you guys brothers? 
No. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Um, it's so fucking stupid. Anyway, uh, yes, yeah, so today's topic, welcome to the show, to the actual meat of the episode, which I, I'm starting to fear may not have a lot of meat, but let's see what we got. So we thought it'd be really interesting to talk about a little... Uh, I dare, I don't really think it's unknown, but not a lot of people play it. Uh, PS2 game called Silent Hill 4. Uh, you want to give him a quick, brief understanding as to what it is, or you want me to go into it? You're the Silent Hill guy. <clears throat> okay, all right, I can, because it's... I, I don't blame you for passing it off, because it is a fucking doozy. Silent Hill 4, and this may be its actual, like, heaviest blow, is it's a mess. Like, it, it's a mess in the way it's told. There's a lot of um, variables that people don't really confirm in their notes or the way they're speaking. They say one thing, but they're really kind of describing another, and it's it's just really fucking weird. And I'm not even going to sit here and say our explanation is going to be the 100% de facto, like, what it is. However, I can say, without any doubt, that it is about a man called Henry Townsend who li- who lives in South Ashfield Apartments. He wakes up one morning only to find that he is locked in his room, room 302 or 304, I forgot, uh, and he's stuck there. He can't get out. He's chained from the inside in, and there is a note on the door that says, Don't go out by Walter. The entire game is about Henry trying to escape his room. Now, you may be saying, that's the whole game, it's in a room. Well, when you're inside the room, you find that there's a hole that magically appears inside of your bathroom. And if you go into that hole, you actually end up in other places, whether it be a a subway or a forest, and that really serves as, like, the stages for the game. So, really, the idea is you're Henry trying to get out of your apartment. Um... There are plenty of downsides, which I feel like I'm trying not to start with, so that way Adrian has a chance <laughs> to, to go ahead and throw them in. But uh, that's the overall story, and we can get into spoilers after uh, Adrian has a minute to say what he wants first. So go for it, my dude. Thank you, Your Honor. This is uh, my opening statement. I would like to first, oh, God. first and foremost say um, Silent Hill is a troubled franchise. We all know that. We all know it it has had more downs than it has ups. But those ups are such a magnitude of wonderment and amusement for anyone who enjoys survival horror and actually thinking outside the box when it comes to puzzles and gameplay. Mm -hmm. And we have relatable characters. However, Silent Hill 4 almost has none of that. I don't know. I mean, Henry Townsend is the most milk toast, wafer thin personality, and I understand that he is supposed to be our um, our input. Yeah, it's 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 quote unquote what a first person shooter is trying to do with putting us in the shoes of this white bread. Milk toast, everyday man, everyday bland man, bland as fuck, with nothing of inherent value. Literally, I don't even think he says more than twenty lines in the entire game. Uh, outside of if you count saying the names of other characters that are arguably more interesting. But when you, yeah, can- that's the thing, though. I, I would definitely say- okay. Go ahead, finish your statement. I'm sorry. Thank you. So, Your Honor. Objection! <laughs> Sustained. 
Wait, we need the Phoenix Wright objection. Anyway. Um, I'm not going to bang my table, man. That'll fuck up my microphone. It's not happening. So uh, what I'm trying to say is the first, there's two halves of this game. And one half, you are given some of the like some of the worst ways to navigate in the game. You have things that are introduced in Silent Hill that have never been done before in Silent Hill as a franchise. Well, they even remove things that you'd you'd expect in a Silent Hill game, like the flashlight, you know, and and a lot of things like that. Sir, this is my point. I'm, I'm. Am I not helping your point? You're not supposed to help me. You're not Listen, supposed. Listen, there's a lot of problems with this game. I'm willing to this admit. This is the versus. You're not supposed to help your opposition. You ever play a versus game where like you pick the support character, but it's the person you're fighting? No, <laughs> that doesn't work. This is my, this use is, me as a striker against me. <laughs> so I just, I just really want to say. That not only do I say Silent Hill 4 is trash, Avalanche Reviews, when he did his retrospective, also said the series ended at Silent Hill 3 in his Your opinion. Your Honor, everyone knows Avalanche Reviews does not make the games and does not speak for every fan. <laughs> <laughs> Your Honor, I am just giving point and credence to an expert opinion. That is all I'm trying to add, Your Honor. Uh-huh, yeah, sustained. Hard, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it to you hard. Anyway. Motherfucker. <laughs> European extreme. So. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, extreme difficulty 10. So. Riddle difficulty? I just cannot. Uh, if I were to go more in depth on my on my critique, it would involve spoilers. But just letting you know. That there is a charm when Resident Evil does uh, backstepping. Uh, I'm sorry, I forgot the term that everybody uses, the colloquial mm-hmm. term for going back, retracing your steps and getting something. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Backtracking. Backtracking. Thank you. It's been a long yeah. day, Your Honor. Uh, <laughs> backtracking. There's a certain charm, a, a certain je ne sais quoi when Resident Evil does it. When Silent Hill does it. It is grind to a halt, all stop, everyone must get off this train because there was no fun, there is no fun in this game, and fuck the oh, ghosts. okay. Fuck the how ghosts. How quick, how quick do we forget the ridiculousness that is Code Veronica's backtracking? Your Honor, Code Veronica is not on trial here. <laughs> Code Veronica is not the topic of discussion. Your you Honor, said your Honor, your Honor objection relevance to this relevance. It, I will Honor. get to it. Listen, listen. Obviously, the best pacings were obviously in one, two, and three. Four tries to do something different, and that's where I would definitely say it succeeds the most. Well, yes, I agree. Henry Townsend is possibly the most blandest thing in existence, and really should have been victim number twelve, the Void. <laughs> uh, stole that joke from Twin Perfect. Sorry. Anyway, um, but yes, he sucks. However, all the other characters you meet, you meet, have their own interesting character, uh, not arcs because they're not around long enough, but Aspects? personalities. Yeah, I mean they at least are interesting, and the idea that you know, 
I, I can't say it because of a spoiler, but the reason why you keep seeing them at least keeps the mystery going. It's the one Silent Hill game like, yeah, we have a mystery as to what's going on in the other games. But this one feels completely foreign, like it's a completely different idea. Uh, it, it tackles a lot of new concepts that I happen to really enjoy. In fact, this game has my favorite iteration of ghosts as much as I hate fighting them. Like, those, they're, they're essentially these, like, corpse-looking things that, like, come out of the wall, out of, like, you know how ghosts, when you usually see them, they just kind of phase through, like, nothing? They, they, like, have to forcibly peel themselves out of the wall and shit. Like, this game, Silent Hill 4, possibly has some of the best imagery in the entire franchise. Now, whether or not that's worth the difficulty in traversing it or or the the annoyingness of it of having to do something else that I will mention after we do the spoiler uh whatever if it's worth all that then yeah you'll play it but yes there are obvious downsides now i'm going to go ahead and go into the spoiler stuff so if you want to play Silent Hill 4 and you feel like you want to see some good imagery but and you're willing to like withstand some uh i don't know some pain in the gameplay sector please play it all right you ready to do the spoiler talk Hold on one second. Now, George, I'm going to tell you Uh something about me you might not know, and I'm going to tell the audience something. That's Defendant Bone King, thank you. Okay, Defendant Bone King, there's something about me you might not know, and the audience might not know, but I feel I should have brought it up before while we were storyboarding this fucking episode. Uh, I actually Uh have a criminal justice degree. That's where I got my bachelor's. So I feel we did our opening statements. Now, if we go into uh, our cross-examination where we break down and question the game with mm. the spoilers, are you comfortable with doing that? And I think after that, we should do a closing argument. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's just the one thing that kind of makes it hard is that for our opening statements, we can't mention any spoilers. And that that does make a difference in some areas. It actually helps you, I feel, more than it does me. Sure. Uh, now, you, the listener, you're the judge. You let us know who won, all right? Or yeah. okay. you play and you let us know who was right. I well, let's keep them on one roll for now. Let's let's finish this case before we start talking about the next ones. All right, so cross examinations. Uh, we're now past spoiler territory. Uh, you may begin, my friend. I call to the oh, I forgot. <laughs> uh, I call to the Discord. <laughs> I was trying to remember what it was called. Uh, I call to court. I your- call to the electric chair. Oof. I call to the stage, Your Honor. It's in Silent Hill 4. The UI of the game. Uh, why is there a when it, fucking when it does health, show up? Why is there a fucking health bar in Silent Hill 4? Why is it's there? Helpful. Well, no, it is not. It is fucking dog shit, and it breaks immersion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. I yeah, that's true. Eddie. Do I do my cross? I don't do my cross now. That's why I'm holding on to it. All right. First things first, I think with Silent Hill 1, 2, and 3, it has a unique perspective where we don't know the character's health. It brings back those memories of Resident Evil, which honestly was it. Harry Mason's Silent Hill 1 was trying to copy a little bit of Resident Evil. And in Resident you- Evil, you have to look at the status screen to know the health. That's, and in Silent that's not true in silent hill you don't need to look at the status screen for your health 
Okay, where do you look? Because I remember your controller vibrates depending on how hurt you are. All right, I didn't. I didn't play with a. a there's there's shock. also a red cross that shows up on the lower left hand of the screen for Silent Hill Two. I actually don't know if it shows up in three, but I know it's in two. It's not in three. I can guarantee okay. you, it's not in three. Um, I know it's in two because it's after Pyramid pushes you off the roof. I remember then it shows up there. Okay. So I would like to just point out that the I feel that the UI suffers. We didn't need a health bar with, with Henry. We didn't need a health mm-hmm. bar with our insert. And we sure as shit didn't need an item box where we would have limited <laughs> inventory – in Silent Hill 4, where I would have to continuously go back and forth to my apartment that I'm locked in to go back into the world and deal with the same monsters that respawned occasionally, depending on if the, the yeah, uh, occasionally yeah. depending on if the game fucking gave a shit about it. Mm-hmm. I rest my <laughs> case on the UI. Your witness. Alrighty. Your witness. So begins the cross-examination. Oh, I wait, what the hell? I thought I was cross-examining you. I don't know how this shit works. Do I get my witness? Or do I cross-examine you? You could cross-examine the UI or you could bring in your witness. By the way, it's to the stand. It took me a minute. You call your witness to the stand or you take the one that's on the stand. You're not going to talk to the UI? I call the spirit of creativity and uniqueness to the stand. All right? I will call Objection, the you know what? I'll be- your honor. The, the spirit doesn't exist. It is ruled by Konami's money. <gasps> you know what? While it is true, that is not widely available knowledge to the public. Stop. Shush. Um, <laughs> no, I call the UI to the stand. Yes, the UI is quite garbo. I'm not going to lie to you. It doesn't exactly have a purpose outside of just being very informative i get what they were trying to do and this is going to be my defense for it they wanted to change up the combat because everybody kept bitching about the combat in silent hill everyone kept saying tank controls are too hard i can't fucking do anything so silent hill 4 introduces a lot of really good battle mechanic improvements along with those changes they added a heavy move a light move and then a power move and the power move was supposed to be like something to make the enemy stagger while the other two really didn't do that and and part of that, a way for the player to know how they were going to do a power move is the UI, and that's why they have it. Now, could it have just been done with the characters' animations? Sure, but there are locations in the game where the character's kind of far away from the camera, and that might be a little too hard. So they kind of, you know, went with the UI. Now, here's something that's going to blow your mind. You do know that the UI is in Silent Hill 3 and 2, right? What? <gasps> yes. Uh, I don't know if it's actually in 2. I'm going to go ahead and rescind that one because I don't know for sure. But I know it's in 3. When you beat the game, you can unlock the UI. And it's your stamina and your health bar. Objection. That's an extra content measure. It is not mandatory in the game. While that may be true, it is obvious that the creators thought of it highly and thought to put it into the next game. It obviously was meant to be informative. Uh, So there was a good purpose behind it at the very least. Um... I will say, though, the thing with Silent Hill 2, people found out there's a fucking mini-map in the game. What? A mini-map in SH2? Yeah, I'm gonna see if I can, um... 
SH2 minimap, discover hidden minimap. Yeah, after like several fucking years of trying to figure out like the secrets of Silent Hill 2, people found out that you could actually enable a minimap in the game. Um, I, I, I don't remember the exact way to do it, but it, it's a, it's a thing in the game that like you have to press a certain code with the controller and you can actually, it's also save anywhere feature as well. So it's like a debug thing, I guess. Is that the, the end of your questioning with the UI? No, no, that was just a brief tidbit. Moving on. I'm done with the UI. You may leave UI. You smell I just anyway. Wa- I just want to bring up one point. My point was uh-huh. with the UI on the stand, and this is my last point. It just makes it feel more gamey and less cinematic of a game. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that, that is my point, Your Honor. That I, I rest my yeah, case. I, But if I may recall, it is my cross-examination. You, you are merely adding an anecdote. You are adding an anecdote. And plus, I, I just ended UI. You went UI, item box, respawning enemies. Allow me to get to them, sir. You may proceed. Yeah, I may. All right. Either way, yes, the this UI is, is very gamey. This is probably the most fun show I've ever had. <laughs> the UI is very gamey. I'm not going to lie. It, it, it's not exactly something fantastic. However, um, you made me lose my book. What was your anecdote? <laughs> that it makes it just gamey and less cinematic. But after that, I attacked the oh, item yeah, box. Oh, yeah, okay, I remember now. Yes, while the UI does make it gamey, the idea, they felt the need to put it in because Silent Hill 4 is actually the hardest Silent Hill game out of all of them. It is really fucking hard to beat. And this is probably going to go against me because it's not exactly a favorable thing, but it's especially hard because half of the game is an escort mission. Um, You go through like five different areas and yeah... The dude is correct. Um, prosecutor, the dude is very correct. the The environments are kind of hard to traverse. Um, it, it's very hard to understand the overall layout of places. It's not like how when I talk about how much I love Resident Evil and how like centralized locations, how I can memorize a layout, that doesn't happen. You know, that doesn't happen in Silent Hill Four. Really, the only place you're gonna memorize, which leads me to my next point is your room. Now, you brought up the item box, which is a- which is actually a really good point. The item box, yes, it is also it, it it is a an illusion if not a ripoff of what Resident Evil does. It is quite literally an item box. It's the item trunk they call it. But the idea and I think it went beyond just trying to copy Resident Evil. The idea was that they wanted the apartment to be a place that you traverse through constantly. It is the only area with a save point, by the way. It is the only save point in the entire game in Silent Hill 4 is in your apartment. So they are banking on you going into this apartment. And we didn't mention before, but when you go into the apartment, you're in first person. There is a haunting system for the room that is entirely based around you showing up to the apartment in the first place. If you had no need to go to the apartment, you would miss half of the game's feature well, not half the game's feature, but one of the game's biggest features, which is cleansing the room of hauntings. And they are effective. They're cool as fuck when you run into them. But, like, if you didn't need to go in there to save or to use your item box, you wouldn't run into it as much. All right. Now, does it does it forgive going back and forth? I don't know. Does it forgive holding ten uh, stacks of ten of bullets instead of just putting them all together in one giant stack of bullets? Definitely not. That is fucking ridiculous. But that is the idea behind it. 
Um, that is also one of the things I want to say that defends it. That whole aspect of the hauntings, it is something to experience. They are really cool and randomized, depending on how corrupt your apartment is, actually affects your ending as well. Um, the idea is, is that during the final boss, there's, um, <clears throat> your, your, um, supporting character, Eileen, I love her by the way, and, um, she has some of the best voice acting in the entire franchise in my opinion, but, um, it, her, she starts walking towards this giant, like, meat blender, it's, it's the engine core from Event Horizon, literally, like, in Silent Hill 4, um, and depending on how cursed your apartment is, is how fast she walks, or wait, is it how much damage she takes? It might be both. How, how much damage she takes and how corrupt your apartment is. Because that affects how possessed she is. And if she's more possessed, she'll walk faster into the blender. So there is that whole metagame of trying to keep your apartment clean. There are a lot of cool original ideas that this game provides. Um, <clears throat> a man that's going around and pulling people into his own dream reality. Dreams are real. Dreams happen in the real world. It's not a parallel dimension. It's happening there. And that's why I thought it was very interesting because there's this whole method as to how he does it. And this goes into the characters and how Walter is possibly the most interesting character to come out of this game. Would you disagree? Yes, I would. Uh, I would agree with your point. No, okay, well, I said disagree, but I'm glad you agree, because Walter Sullivan is so interesting on the level of a psycho killer. There's nothing that that really makes him redeemable. He's not exactly a character that's like, oh, you're supposed to, like, you know, forgive him. Because, no, what he's done is unforgivable. The method in which he does to do his crimes, he has to kill, like, what, 11 people and then kill himself and then kill other people that fit within a certain theme and those are the ones who are even realizing are happening in the first place after he's killed himself as a fucking ghost. So it's like they're all, unraveling the story is unlike any other game I've ever played. So that is a defense in my regard. The last thing that I will call to the stand, which is what you call to the stand, were the respawning enemies. <clears throat> They are bullshit. That is the end. Um, <laughs> the defense rests. No, you gotta uh, say the defense rests. The defense rests, because that is bull- No, I mean, yes, respawning, I'm not a big fan of, and they don't do that in every area. However, they do in some areas. Um, but you know what overweighs that for me, What weighs, which evens it out for me? The, the utter beautiful design of these fucking creatures. Like, granted, nothing beats two and three for creature designs, but four has the best, in my opinion, environmental design of any of the games in the series, and those monsters fit really well in it. You look at those fucking twin victims, and you tell me you have seen something like that before. See, I was going to bring it up. The twin victims were actually pretty cool. Exactly. Like, there are cool aspects in this game. It is just bogged down by some of the most heavy, heavy Silent Hill gameplay. You know how I say Outbreak is like the refined experience for Resident Evil? Yeah. It's that, but it's ball-crushingly hard because it is the refined experience. It is the in-depth parts of what makes the mechanics of those puzzles work, but in a way that may not be palatable to most people because it's not, it doesn't fit the flow, and that's where most of the hiccups are for Silent Hill 4. <laughs> Alright. So, um, is it my turn? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess 
what are we you doing closing statements i'm trying to think if there's anything else i should mention before we move forward um i'm gonna do closing statements okay well if, if i may say actually go ahead I'll, I'll save what i'm gonna say for the closing statements go ahead <clears throat> i would first like to say uh thank you to my opponent here uh bone king he has done a very good job of defending <laughs> Silent Hill 4. What is he planning? It's all according to Keikaku. Translators oh. know translators know Keikaku means plan. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say, uh, however, actually, let me do it in the fucking. Uh, oh my god, the 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 Dumbledore, the wizard from fucking Harry Potter. Very good, very good, uh, Slytherin, very good. However, uh, I just want to say, Silent Hill 4 is completely 100% not needed to experience the story of 1, 2, and 3. You don't need to play the game to experience, like, there's nothing there. It is, it is a unnecessary dessert. To the gourmet meal, to the gourmet fine dining of one, two, and three. You don't need Silent Hill 4. And if you don't need Silent Hill 4, why do you why should you even waste your time playing it? That is the question I bring to you, Your Honor. That is the question. Because if Silent Hill 4 was so good, why hasn't Bone King streamed it? Oh, you I did. rest my case. Wow, <laughs> what a fucking all right, all right. <clears throat> I would also like to extend um, my gratitude for the dude for providing this conversation and oh, allowing shit. us to He's unleashing exchange his southern our accent. opinions. No, southern. I'm bringing in the Picard. Oh, from what you understand, my dear, the dude is that. We are merely the same kind, the same sides of the same coin, or different sides of the same coin. You know, I'm not Picard, okay? <laughs> I could try to be, but I'm not. And what I will be is I will be honest. I do appreciate the dude's very real uh, and actually very common conception of Silent Hill 4. This is the average reception of the game. This, this is why the franchise kind of teetered out in the first place. Yes, there are some parts that are not necessarily required to understand the full Silent Hill experience. However, there are scenes in Silent Hill 4 which I would actually say provide some visuals that are the best that the franchise has to offer. And I would disagree that it is merely a dessert to have on top because it actually has one of the highest points there. It's not merely a, a, an expansion or something to, to tide you over where it just kind of like has nothing but just the same gameplay, but it's just kind of like an extension. No, this actually does completely new concepts and has interesting visuals to boot. The set design in this game is fucking incredible. There are so many 
uh, just intricately detailed bits. And granted, it's not like a hotel or, or an apartment building or, a, or an amusement park where you have that centralized location, but you're going from room after room of having these very abstract, horrific things that you don't even, you can't even explain. And even if I, if you beat the game, you probably won't be able to explain. You need to go through it multiple times, even fucking read some of the supplementary material, which, yes, may be a downside for people who, who like, don't want to go through all that. Po to see all of that, just understand it. Point, go ahead. Point of parliamentary procedure, I just want to add, add an addendum. Uh, Bone King's right. Most people have played one, two, and three and think they know what the story is, and you're wrong. Continue. Well, four in particular is even harder to break down because, as I said before, oh. you have to deal with a lot of different witness accounts of people who kind of die really quickly, so it's hard to get information that's solid because even they don't know what's going on. Like... You do eventually get enough notes to piece everything together, but unless you know what Walter was, even you have to know that Walter killed himself in the fucking first place to understand a lot of what's going on. And it, the game does tell you, but towards the end. So, yes, there is a lot of work to be done, okay? But as the Resident Evil remake says, the arduous journey leads to the most um, satisfying... Uh, uh, feelings of accomplishment okay go mountain climbing don't go hiking do you see what i mean if you want to see what silent hill the best that it has to offer if you're willing to get past some of the ugly sides of the series to see some of the best visuals i mean the hospital hallway alone is worth the admission in my opinion but i digress it ultimately does fall to opinion and there we are in this rub where neither of us are correct but I leave it for the listener to decide if it is worth it for them to play. Or demand Bone King to stream it. I can, you know what? I can stream it. it it's going to be hard, but I will fucking do it. I've played it before, so you know what? It won't be as hard. <laughs> I mean, you're, and, and you're uh, talking this game up, brother. I ain't it's, seen it's, a video. It's because you there are a lot of things wrong with Silent Hill 4. I agree with a lot of your statements. In fact, I struggle to say you are wrong on anything you've said. The only thing that I would say that you are incorrect on is that it is not needed. That there is nothing in it worth going into it for. Why play it? Well, as I said before, the set design, some of the monster designs. And you know what's also a big number in there that we're just completely sidestepping? What? The soundtrack. Oh, fuck off. Silent Hill 4's soundtrack is the best one, in my opinion. Ooh. Yeah, I know, I know. And I talk big on the Silent Hill soundtracks. I, no, don't get me Spicy. wrong. I know I just said Silent Hill 4 has some of the best visuals and the best soundtrack. It is not my favorite game. 2 still has that. 2 has the best story has the best way of telling that story. Four has a lot of fucking potential. It just, it just didn't execute it in the best way. And it does deserve the, 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 the critiques that it does get. I just want to implore people to look a little bit beyond some of the, the harsher elements of the gameplay. Cause it's not unplayable. It's not Operation Raccoon City. 
Um, uh, it's, <laughs> it's objection something. relevance. Operation Raccoon City is not on trial here. <laughs> Overruled. Everyone knows Operation Raccoon City is not to be spoken positively. No, I, I know someone's gonna have my balls for that. But whatever, man. I'm Me, just I'm gonna have your balls for that. I enjoyed Operation. Well, Raccoon. save it for the next verses. Alrighty, I'll leave it for the listener to size. You out there, you be the judge. Dun dun. dun. But anyway, um, so th- I think that's our, our 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 show for today. I want to thank you so much for listening. Uh, this has been quite an interesting show. We weren't sure if there was going to be a lot of meat on Silent Hill 4, but holy shit, there ended up being some. I think this is, uh, I don't know for you, but I really enjoyed this concept of Versus. I really had fun uh, putting it on trial, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, we were kind of workshopping it. And then we're like, let's see how it goes. But you know what? This format might fit a lot of things. But do me a favor. You may need to come up with some games. And I'll come up with some games. Because we also had this brief period where we're like, what are two games that we disagree on? And we just couldn't think of one. I mean, honestly, Silent Hill 4 came came up because I had bitched to uh, George for quite a bit about it. Um, But he always was telling me to play it, to try it, and to get into it i just couldn't get into it and i gave it a good amount of time i got all the way up to i mean are we we're still in spoiler territory uh i got we already finished yeah i got all the way up to where you're gonna go see eileen and then i i stopped because the hobbits oh you know that's literally halfway yeah i didn't want to keep going and then i found out that's when avalanche released its uh silent hill 4 retrospective and then i watched it and i was like Oh, okay. I I don't want to. I don't want to play it anymore. I I still I, say I would even, play even it if, if the hobbits wanted to. Let me just say that because you know if you're gonna start something, even if you something, need to fucking, even if you need to fucking put on infinite health, it's worth it for the visuals. There are some cool fucking visuals in this game. God damn, fuck the ghosts, dude. I hate the ghosts. They are bullshit. I'm not going to defend them. There's no way I can. The only way I defended them was that they visually looked cool. But everything about them is nonsense. The headaches, that's that's bullshit in terms of survival horror, taking damage from an AoE that you can't defend yourself against. Get the fuck out of here. On top of that, with a fucking escort mission? Jesus Christ. <laughs> See, these are the points where I can't defend at all there is no defense for some of the combat in this game but man look at the scenarios there's some cool ass scenarios there's some optical illusion shit there's some fucking animation stuff that you're not even sure what you're looking at there's there's uh i don't fucking know uh great characterizations of trauma put into a setting it's fuck man it's got something and something is better than nothing all right, it's it's got something more than homecoming or or downpour. So you know what? It's just find an AR and play it. <laughs> uh, all right, folks, that was uh, that was our verses. Uh, <laughs> hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, don't let me boss you around. I hope you have a good day. <laughs> don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I'll tell you, your honor, objection.